welcome to episode 12 of Lessons from a Horse. In this episode, I will be speaking with equestrian mindset coach, Denise Pascal. Denise is a corrective exercise specialist with over four decades of experience with horses. She began her riding career at six years old at the well-respected hunter-jumper show barn, Cedar Lodge Farm in Stanford, Connecticut established by Victor Hugo Vidal Jr. She is a lifelong horsewoman and disabled athlete with a special interest in classical French dressage and cross-country jumping. Denise attended Baylor School of Sports Medicine in Houston, Texas and graduated from the University of Texas at Dallas where she studied behavioral psychology and marketing. She lives in the Dallas, Texas suburban area with her husband and two dogs. In her free time, she enjoys writing, painting, and above all, spending time with her horses. If you're interested in connecting more with Denise, be sure to check out her Facebook page, Circa Trova Equestrian Mindset Coaching. That's C-E-R-C-A T-R-O-V-A, Equestrian Mindset Coaching, Circa Trova Equestrian Mindset Coaching. And now let's hear from Denise. So you do dressage, I right? do, yes. Awesome. Yep. Dressage and Liberty. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I um am a con I'm I'm a dress I'm a, I'm converted to dressage. Okay. <laughs> I was a hunter jumper for most of my adult life. Okay. Um and I started riding when I was uh I probably don't even remember when I first was put on a horse because my aunt used to raise uh thoroughbreds like sport breads. Her okay. husband was from uh-huh. Ireland. So they would, they had a, one or two imports and they would get like the, the cast offs. They were in uh, Connecticut and New York and they would get like the cast off mares from the racetrack. And okay. that was how they started their breeding program. Okay. And then she moved to Arabs and then um, she Phase of the Arabs out, and then she did uh, Dutch Warmbloods and Hanoverian, and my cousin took over the farm when she retired. Nice. So, cool. That is that is the story of how I got into horses. I was just born into it. Um, it's kind of joked that my first word was horse. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm a lifer. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have a phase. It's just a thing. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and I remember my mom, um, just telling everybody when I was a toddler, I had absolutely no fear whatsoever of them. And I would just go walk underneath them and pet on them. And, yeah. um, That's and of course awesome. my dad I have, was, a, I have a five-year-old son and he's kind of like that too. Like, yeah, he'll just walk, walk up to them, pet them everything yeah mm-hmm. run under their bellies yeah uh-huh yep <laughs> yep um and I started taking lessons we moved to north uh north Stanford Connecticut we were in 
living in downtown and we moved to North and out into the burbs. And that was like way inaccessible burbs back then. Um, nothing inaccessible by Texas standards, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'll, I'll tell you in the East coast, eight miles is a long trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, and our property backed up to Cedar Lodge Farm, which is um, one of the larger horse farms in that area. And it serves uh, Connecticut, Bedford, New York. Um, and at the time, they had a very, very robust hunter-jumper program. And I remember I must have been about six. It must have been like 1979 or something. And my mom surprised me. She was like, I think it was the Saturday morning. And she was like, you know, turn the TV off, finish your cereal. We got someplace to go. And she didn't sound like excited or anything. I thought I was going to get dragged to the doctor <laughs> and we're driving and we pull up and I see horses in a barn and I'm like, horse, 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 yeah. horse, <laughs> horse, right? You know, cause I'm a little kid. And I'm so happy. And I do the same thing now <laughs> that I'm not a little kid. Yeah. I still, um, if I'm on a road trip, anytime I see a horse. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I remember getting out of the car and I was like shaking, so excited. And there was this pony already tacked up. And his name was Buttercrunch. <laughs> and he was a uh, Shetland Fjord mix. Okay. And... Yeah, and he'd been on the whole pony circuit. This was an A-show barn, and I had, like, no idea. Like, I didn't know what an A-show was. Yeah. I didn't know what a 4-H show was. I didn't know what yeah. a schooling show was. All I knew was horse. Yeah. And I remember getting legged up on that pony for my first lunge line lesson, and he, the guy was asking me questions, and one of the questions he had me do was ask me was, if I could tell where the horse's feet were. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. every time the front outside leg went forward and I had to close my eyes and I uh -huh. had to tell him. Yeah. And we went around and around and I had to say now. Yeah. And I was so nervous and I was so <laughs> horse. <right>? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't realize it, but they would not take a child into the program unless they could do it okay huh and that's interesting and that's that's awesome too because so many places like you never learn that so that that's pretty cool that they start you off with that like right away teaching you how to feel what's going on yeah he wanted to know if I had the basically the proprioception and the, yeah, neuro, the sure. neurodevelopment uh, to, to, to do this it. and yeah because yeah. yeah. otherwise just wasting your frustrating everybody. Mm. Um, but that was in the olden days. Yeah. I stayed, let me tell you something. I stayed on that lunch line for a year. Okay. Yeah. I spent I a year it. on a lunch line. That's awesome. And um I could do everything on that lunch line. Mm -hmm. I could do all the things with the hands, the hands yeah, on yeah. the hips, I could do posting trot. Before I was let loose from my my maiden voyage around the arena, I could at a, at a trot I could spin my whole self around in the saddle. Okay. Uh huh. Yep. And in all of it, and that is something that you don't see. 
You don't. Yeah, you really don't. Um, that's something that in, in our program, we do a lot of that stuff and we do a lot of lunging and the different exercises and all of that, but you really don't see it um, a lot anymore. Yeah. So that, that's awesome that that's how you got started. Yeah. And then I ended up with uh, another lady came, she was a younger lady and she was like, no, nah, you're plenty good. We're going to put you off around the arena. Uh -huh. And what I didn't learn, I learned a lot about balance. Yeah. What I didn't learn was reins. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. But first <laughs> yeah. they made sure I could do all the body stuff before yeah, they let yeah. me touch the horse's mouth. Yeah. Um, so our first first uh, second trip around the arena, Buttercrunch took me running out the front door. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, he's ran, and I didn't fall off because he started booking it at a canter. Yeah. Like a, a fast. But you canter. had the balance. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, so there was this big drop where they were dumping all the, uh, the, this manure and everything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it was in the, and I remember sitting there and I couldn't get that stubborn pony. He's probably about 19 years old. And he was like, kid, I've been there. I've done this and I don't have to listen to you. I know this. <laughs> But he was establishing dominance right yeah. then and there. <laughs> yeah. And and I was that drop was about four or five feet down. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. And this little sucker, he was on the the junior am pony circuit back in his day. Uh -huh. So he could still jump it. Yeah, yeah. And I remember my poor her name was Jennifer, and her face was white as a sheet because I heard her telling another trainer and you know how things stick in your head. She, she was like, that little booger was looking at me like, go ahead. I'm going to jump. Go ahead. Yeah. But anyway, he, instead of jumping and terrifying me for the rest of my life, he just went and ate the tall grass that was okay. out there. Yeah. And we went back in and yeah, yeah. closed the door. <laughs> And I kept riding and I was all yeah. like, you know, because I'm a kid. I'm like, okay, derp derp, right? That had happened to me yeah. as an adult. I would have been like, you know, I need to rethink my life. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing when you're a kid, those things don't really bother you. No. So yeah. that that's how I got my start riding. Um, I was awesome. very fortunate to be in that area yeah. where they had old school trainers. Yeah. Um, I ended up riding also at Oxridge. For a while, Ronnie Much was my jump instructor, not at Oxridge, um, at Cedar Lodge. And when I was in my early teens, um, they were transitioning me. I'm sorry, my tweens. They were transitioning me to show jumping and um, probably three day eventing because I didn't I was not the type for hunters. I was winning very well in jumping, mm. but when it was Eck and stuff like that, it, the taller, thinner, more mm. willowy types were getting. Uh. And we would go into the arena and I would be beating them in jump offs and stuff to the uh. point that I even had teenagers mad at me trying their coaches trying to get my scores thrown out because I was too young to be in the class. Uh. Um, 
And then, of course, my parents are like, okay, we can do this horse thing. Or you can go to college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My grandparents were going to foot the bill for a big horse. Okay. And that deal fell through when the horse uh, got literally bought out from under me at a show in New oh, Jersey. Wow. Literally while I was riding it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So my parents were like, okay, um, we're going to take a break. So when I was 19, I had my own money and I could go buy myself lessons. And that's what I did. Yeah. So I started riding again, having once a week lesson. And, um, you know, a friend of a colleague of mine uh, pointed out, she's like, you do realize that everything you do has a horse in it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why, why wouldn't I revolve my whole life yeah, yeah, around yeah. this? Uh -huh. So uh, that, that being said, um, you know, just following that passion um, has really led me to a lot of uh, a lot of amazing experiences. Yeah, and um, it's it's unlocked um, quite a, a like like a, a kind of a new horizon for me. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you've had quite some interesting experiences just from the little bit that we uh, were talking a little bit earlier. Um, do you want to share some of those with us? Well, yeah. So uh, one of the things that I realized there was a need for is, um, well, I mentioned that I'm a recent convert to dressage. Mm -hmm. And when I first moved to Texas, um, it was very difficult to find a barn um, that was uh, adult amateur friendly because okay. many of the barns around here are, uh, they have really solid kid programs and they do all the schooling shows and then they're doing some of the regionals and it's all about the kid programs. And I totally get it mm -hmm. because, you know, that's what pays the bills. Yeah, sure. And quite a, quite a lot of them actually. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the trainers, they're geared for kids. Mm -hmm. They're not geared for middle-aged lady yeah. middle-aged lady problems and, yeah, and, yeah, it's very different. Her, and her work schedule. And, yeah. and also a lot of them, they did not spend a year on a lunch line. Uh-huh with a top trainer in the Northeast. They didn't. And they're wonderful trainers and they're really, really competent at what they do. But I, I found that it was difficult. So I ended up at a dressage barn with this horse I bought that I didn't even, like I was like, okay, a year out, I'll get a horse. Somehow, I was barn shopping, and this is uh, how I met Sarah. Um, the horse I bought was being boarded at her barn. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I ended up with this uh, horse that was in desperate need of a tune-up at this lady's dressage barn. And I was taking lessons with her, and I was like, oh, my gosh. This is, I thought I knew something about riding. <laughs> I thought I was... Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is a whole other, this is a whole other banana here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
what ended up happening was I had to get my horse tuned up. And I was like, you know, this, but this dressage stuff is kind of cool. I really like it. And that in itself, finding somebody, you know, was my horse the right breed? Um, oh, I don't like hunter jumper riders. Um, and then I, I encountered all of that and it's kind of toxic. Mm -hmm. Um, and I said, you know what? I have a cool horse and we're just going to go back to hunters. So I did. And I found a, a little hunter jumper barn. Um, and it wasn't until years later, um, I had a terrible accident. I was attacked by a dog and the dog, uh, crushed my right hand and bit off, uh, my fingers. Oh my gosh. Which were reattached by surgeries. And it took four surgeries wow. over the course of two years. Um, I had to wear a, a brace I had to hold my wrist straight and my hand out and I had to wear this, this brace 24 hours a day while my uh, nerves were growing back wow, and wow. the bones were growing back because they yeah. had to, you know, some of the bones didn't make it. So they, um, they pull your, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> not to, not to horrify anybody who's <laughs> listening. Um, it was, it was really nasty and I learned a lot about myself when you're dealing with that kind of an injury yeah. and I went from being a fitness instructor, personal trainer to somebody that was not allowed. I couldn't carry more than two pounds. Yeah. And wow. that was unreliable. I can't tell you how many times I thought I had my coffee in my hand and I didn't. Wow. And it just fell. Yeah. Yeah. And I could, I could sign my name. I, I was a classically trained um, oil painter and I loved doing sketching. I couldn't do that either. Oh my anymore. gosh. Wow. It was, yeah. I mean, it sounds like your whole world was turned it, upside it, down. Like every, everything that you, you did and enjoyed, you couldn't do anymore. Yeah. Like a lot of the things that were so, so much a part of my identity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had this wonderful uh, Palomino horse named Cuervo. And, um, I'd, again, I tend to not buy the typey horses. I, okay. I, I nicknamed, he was my dressage potato. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> Cause he was a, he was a Morgan cross okay. and, a, and a foundation Morgan cross. So he uh -huh. was all in crossed with something quarter horse. So, you know, yeah. he was big and meaty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had to get up and take care of him. Uh-huh. And um, dressage is what got me my hand back. I'm going to fast forward to that part. But getting having to get out of bed and check on my horse and mm. take care of my horse, mm. it kept me from being like consumed by self-pity. Yeah. Um, and not that somebody who has a very tragic and horrible accident or illness doesn't have the right to, you know, have themselves a little pity party when they need right. it. But it's easy for that to take over your life. Sure. And having to get up and having to make sure that the water bucket is empty and cleaned out. Thank you. Um, his supplements are full. His his the his special hay. I have to go to this, you know, go to the feed shop and get his special hay because you know, of course, he had to be special. <laughs> um. So. I want, I wanted to, uh, 
he ended up dying with a broken leg. Oh. Yeah. Right. It that really sucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was it was a rough few years. Ugh. But I was like, you know what? Um now I have the opportunity to travel and ride. Okay. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm, you know, and my husband was like, well, let's look for you another horse. And I started riding and I was like, maybe I'll get a typey horse. Let me try out, you know, this lady had Andalusians. Yeah. So I was riding with her and she was the one who, and I don't know if it was like a nature or a nurture thing. Or if she was just so like, just didn't, it didn't cl- comprehend with her that my hand didn't work. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So I would be trying to put this horse in the bridle and I'd be uh-huh. counterflexing him because I used to counterflex to the right because that was my dominant hand, sure. but it was my right hand that was injured Okay. and I didn't have the strength in it. And yeah. I also didn't know my pressure. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and there's so much fine motor skill that you just take for granted. Yeah. And what I didn't know it was this horse was not fully trained. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was trained to ride in a good horse with a good attitude. Uh-huh. But she had me putting him into the bridle. Uh-huh. Like, you know, when you, you get them to submit halt, submit, then you move forward and you move them into the bridle. Uh-huh. And of course, you know, with my hands, one of them all messed up, but the more I did it, and she was she was a taskmaster about it, and if I didn't, she was like, halt that horse, get him back on the bridle, get him into the bit, he steps off this way, and it was, she said it in such a way that I felt compelled that I had to listen. Uh-huh. And then I rode with her um, probably for six months um, because we were working around the weather in Texas, you know, and it would rain and then I'd come back. Mm. But in that six months, I was able to start writing in cursive again. Okay. Wow. I was able to, um, I did not drop any more coffee cups. I, I was ga- I was regaining a lot of the dexterity, wow. the fine motor skill, and when I was released from physical therapy, I was released with an 85% loss of use. Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah, and that's why when I tell you I could sign my name. Yeah, yeah. And I had doctor script. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, So I kept riding and I was able to get this horse into the bridle, keep him into the bridle, move him through gates. Um, And that was when I really started to fall in love with dressage. Not just the fact that um, I automatically made the connection that doing this Uh and maintaining the contact with the Uh horse's mouth throughout the ride not you know you get them and then you give it away right which happens a lot in hunters is you know yeah yeah it's it's a different frame you don't hold them up yeah because um 
and like I said, it was difficult for me to find a good dressage instructor because I was given all kinds of strange advice at first. <laughs> um, and and I will say this, this lady, rock solid, great knowledge. She just happened to be more than an hour's drive away without traffic. Sorry. Um, but that was that was the um the turning point for me with the discipline of when I really when it clicked. And when I was really like, you know what, this is, you know, all riders should learn this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least up to level one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, all, there's not a rider and a, and a horse in the world that's, you know, sound for work. Yep, absolutely. That can't, that can't go to level one. Absolutely. And then you have a competent rider and a very fine riding horse. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. But um, that was the, that's my dressage miracle story. Is that's what gave me the use of my hand back. Wow. You know, even with um, and and you, I could just feel it um, when I was riding twice a week. I could feel uh-huh. it week by week, getting stronger, uh-huh. um, getting getting more nuanced. I mean, I still overbend on the left, but everybody's got a side. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> None of us are perfect. Right. Um, but that, that's my, uh, my miracle story about it. Wow. That's awesome. Was, and I, I was, uh, and I kind of didn't even know what I was getting into. I was just yeah. looking at a horse that I, you know, a couple horses I may want to buy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. That's awesome. Um, and so, so awesome that you had the horses in your life too, while all that was going on, just to, you know, give you that purpose and keep you going and that kind of thing. Yeah. I know, you know, they've definitely been, been there for me during difficult times too. And just kind of like gives you a reason to get out of bed in the morning and keep going. And yeah. 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 I, I mean, I totally, I, you hear so much about people who um, talk about how when they they have chronic illness and their their horse is what gets them through it. Mm-hmm. Um, there were several riders I knew that had MS, uh, fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. that they that you know they wanted to lay down and they wanted to call it a day, and they were like, no. Um, and one thing I can tell you um, about chronic pain is there are studies about it, but they're kind of inconclusive. But just being around the horses and being in their proximity and just grooming them, um, which is pretty much all I could do throughout my surgeries. Yeah. Um, there was there was no riding with that. Yeah. Um, and there the recovery from um, that injury was very painful and they can't, it's literally not safe to treat pain that long. Okay. So you would get maybe post-operative medication. And then after that, they're like, nah, babe, it's Tylenol. So being around the horses, there is something about that, their, their energy that does does help with a lot of um uh 
psychological and, and physical imbalances. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And and I found that to be very helpful as well. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, that's that's a pretty amazing story, and um, lots of credit to you for pushing through that and keeping going. And um, yeah, hopefully that can encourage other people too who are maybe struggling in their journeys. Um, yeah. Well, I I hope so. I hope so. I mean, there's always a way, and never give up. Yeah. Never give up. Yeah. Um. I did start writing. Um, there's a, a large dressage barn here that they have a writing program for disabled writers. Mm. So um, I was like, well, maybe I should go there. Mm -hmm. And I did. And wow. Um, so you're thinking it's like, oh, it's going to be, you know, maybe you have an idea in your head. You're thinking, oh, it's going to be, um, you know, little pokey ponies and, uh -huh. oh no, 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 no. The horse they told me to go get was a former world equestrian games horse. Wow. That's what I said. That's what I said. Wow. Wow. Um, and I was like, are you kidding me? No, nah, that's not the horse. <laughs> um, so, and I'm, I remember riding my first ride on him. And I was so grateful that I got to ride that Andalusian because he set up, dropped into the bridle, lifted the back. And I was like, <gasps> Oh, and of yeah, course they yeah. move so differently than your yeah. average nice amateur lady horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you know, to feel it. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, we cantered and he sat down and it felt like I was like, you know, like when he went like zero G. Yeah. You know what I'm talking that, about? Yeah, yeah. Sit, uh -huh. sit down. Uh -huh. And I was like, I'm going to be chasing this high for the rest yep. of my life. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Once you um, feel it, there's no going back. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Nope. Um, I, I did get a very rude awakening with the big trot. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything, you know, if if the, the canter is zero G, the big trot is if I was not posting, I'm a hundred percent sure I would have been tossed out of this saddle. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I was, I was recovering from um, an injury that I had. Um, I was uh, riding a horse for a trainer and she was selling it and the horse was offered to me. Um, and I came off that horse and I broke uh, six vertebrae about a wow. year before. Um so I was like, okay, well, now I need to address my fitness. If I'm going to keep riding horses like this, I have to like not behave like a middle-aged amateur lady. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've got to level up. 
And it's my responsibility to become the athlete that my horse deserves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, to keep yourself safe and healthy too, after, yeah. after an injury like that, I'm sure. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about that experience? And, um, you know, I have <laughs> what that was like and uh, how that affected you after that. Oh, okay. That actually is, um, it kind of led me into realizing that there is an absolute need in the equestrian community for a sports specific performance mindset coaching. Okay. Uh-huh. Because while many trainers are very, very good about, you know, teaching people to ride. I, in my firsthand experience and what I've witnessed, being able to coach somebody through terror mm. and fear mm -hmm. is, is a whole other thing. Definitely. I mean, teaching riding itself is yep. different than teaching any sport ever. Pick the sport and you can walk up to the person and put them in this position you want. Right. And you can slow it down to like, you know, complete slow motion and step by step until they build the muscle memory. Uh -huh. Equestrian riding, it's just like, okay, feel the horse. <laughs> yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah. You're like a regular person. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean feel them? Yeah. Um, so you have to build feel and the process of building feel requires your body to grow new nerve endings. Uh -huh. um, and that takes time and repetition. Sure. And in, in the meantime, you're just going to be boinging around and trying to figure it out. And yeah. your trainer is going to be, you know, telling you you're doing it wrong and they're going to be <laughs> offering the best of suggestions. Uh -huh. And they will acknowledge it's the good, the good trainers will acknowledge that it's hard and just stick it through. Uh -huh. The mediocre to bad are just going to complain at you. Uh -huh. And if you haven't experienced it personally, um, you've probably seen it. I, I think probably everyone, most people at least have, have experienced that. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't understand what yeah. you're telling me to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and you're just getting barked at and yeah, it's like frustrated you might well, and yeah, yeah, you might as well just be yelling. You ain't got no pancake mix because that <laughs> might even make more sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I realized that because I fell off this horse. I mean, I got my bell rang, broke the helmet, <laughs> oh, occipital geez. fracture. All oh of my it. gosh. Wow. Right, and I'm standing there like. Ooh, <laughs> you know, ooh. hey everybody, because your adrenaline goes You're right, right. I yeah. had the wind knocked yeah. out of me. Um, and it was the dumbest, dumbest rookie mistake ever. It was totally not this horse's fault. It was totally the horse. I or I never blame the horse, even if the horse is acting mm -hmm. like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a horse, right? Right. I'm the rider. It's yeah. my job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to make sure yeah. that, that things are going okay. Right. Um, so uh, this horse was nicknamed the Psycho Mare. 
no. Yeah. And one that's one of my uh, pet peeves is I don't like it when people trash talk the horse and they blame the horse and they talk about it like that Mm -hmm. because that's how horses end up in really, really bad situations. Mm -hmm. They end up with bad owners and people have already made a judgment against them that they're going to be bad and they're going to be hyper reactive to anything that horses horse does. And this particular horse Um, had been ridden by a student of the assistant trainer who didn't know how to set a martingale. She was using um, either a German or a running martingale, but she wasn't using rain stops. Mm. And she was setting it low. And when the horse dropped, it would catch on the bit because Uh, they didn't have an egg, anything smooth in there would catch. Yeah. And they were using a twist. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So this horse was pulled basically into yeah. I mean, what, what is it called? Roker? Roker. Yeah. Roker. Yeah, that's that's a recipe for disaster right there. Yeah. yeah. To the point that the horse freaked out so bad, it actually was trying, was rearing and it snapped. If the um, martingale didn't snap, yeah. that horse probably would have went over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. really, and I, I, heard that second hand and that's when the horse was offered to me because I was known for having a different approach let's put it that way yeah (laughs) um and I got this horse that everyone was a psycho mare and oh my god when you lunge her be careful because she'll try to run no none of that was true Mm. not one thing was true maybe that happened to somebody else Mm -hmm. I wasn't there I didn't Mm. see what happened Mm -hmm. But for the several months I worked with that horse, none of that happened. Um, She was fast. She had like no brakes. But other than that, you know, she just needed someone to work with her patiently. Uh So um, I took all the ish off her face. She didn't have anything but a regular snaffle and I did an egg butt so it would be Uh smooth. Uh on her mouth and nothing catching her and we just took it from a walk and you know I, I did the to get her to to chew the bit and um she was starting to get that nice you know that nice outline with uh-huh. stretching the long neck and uh-huh. long stretchy trot is my yeah. favorite absolute yeah. favorite favorite yeah. I just love it when they just get all yeah and they you can feel so their loose. yeah, and their uh-huh. belly starts swinging, yep. and it's almost like they're kind of getting a little sassy. You <laughs> start using their back in, yep, yep. <laughs> right? And you can tell they're relaxing. They're like, oh, okay, this doesn't have to be, you know, painful and scary. Yeah, this can yeah. be easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I was working her, and the head trainer said, "Hey, uh." you know, she was telling somebody, look how, you know, good the horse is doing. And somebody yelled out, show him the canter. Because mm. she was doing this really nice, stretched out long. Mm. And when we were doing, um, like, the walk, I could get her, I could, like, dribble her to, nose to the ground and stuff, mm. which is really saying something for a horse yeah, that yeah. was like a giraffe. Right, right, yeah. Um, 
And so I asked her to canter and she stretched her neck out and everyone was like, oh, right. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give her her neck scratches because she's such a good girl. And with my little T-Rex arms, I lean forward and I'm giving her neck scratches and horses love neck scratches. So, and, and I felt her kind of get like a little, like a little, little head shake, but her ears were forward and she was, and she did that thing that they, you know, when horses are running for the first time and they just pick up all their legs uh, when you let them out of the barn. Yeah. And she just went boing. Oh no. And here I am already leaned forward. Yeah, right. And on the third boing, she got me off. Uh, and that's, that's when it happened. And uh, one of the reasons that I ended up with the injury on my eye was because when I bought my helmet, the person suggested that I get a little bit larger size because I have long hair <laughs> to wear my hair up in. <laughs> yeah, so I am uh, anti-hair in the helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when the you have your hair in your helmet yeah. and you fall sideways, yeah. your helmet will shift. Right, right, yeah. No matter how tight you yeah. turn that dial, mm -hmm. it is unsafe. Mm -hmm. uh, are you still there? I think we might have frozen. Um, so, um, I'm okay. So sometimes um, my internet gets a little. Yeah, sketch. I think I think I lost you for a second, but it looks like we're back now. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so when I I got up and the trainer asked me if I wanted to get back on. <laughs> with with the with, broken with, helmet. Would you say six six broken vertebrae? <laughs> Yeah, from uh, from C three, so that really could have been a horrible life ending accident. Yikes! Yeah, yeah, I had. I mean, they would might have been if it had just gone a little bit different. They might have been calling my husband and asking him about the DNR paperwork. Oh my gosh! So it can happen. That's the thing with this sport, though. It can yeah. happen. Yeah. In in the blink of an eye. Ah. Uh. So two weeks later. Um, I'm like, okay, I'm not done yet because I'm just going to chalk it up to the, to the traumatic brain injury that maybe I wasn't thinking clearly, but I was like, um, you know, I want to get back on the horse because it, I was shook like to my core because mm. I told you I started riding at six mm. that fall. I'm going to be 50 in January. That fall maybe was number five in my whole life. Okay. So yeah. falling is not something I'm, some people, they fall all the time, twice a week. I, I, I have had less than 10 falls in my life. Um, yeah. In my professional career. I think if you're, you're careful and you're smart, um, you know, most falls can be prevented. Now, of course, there's the freak accidents that happen, you know, sometimes. But if you're falling off all the time, I really think that you need to reassess what's going on. <laughs> you know what? That's an excellent point. Excellent point that if, if you are falling off more than 
in extreme circumstances and it's just regular stuff like the horse going at you um so I called out the lady with the Andalusians and I told her what happened and she was like all right I'm coming I can come do a remote make sure I can come do a remote lesson over there so she came out and she assessed the mayor and she's like yeah you probably shouldn't have cantered her you probably should have Mm. you know she stopped short of saying you know calling me a showboater but um she was right yeah you know these old school trainers have a lot of knowledge it's not you know you have to remember I was thinking to myself you know what I've read the books yeah I know I have time yeah and maybe this was something that I shouldn't have candored her before I could have stopped her with my, mm-hmm. for I knew she had breaks and I knew mm-hmm. right. she wasn't. Mm-hmm. So tacked up the horse. Um, I had a stable mate with me who was going to, said she was going to ride the horse because she was also interested in buying the horse. And she saw me get thrown on my face, literally. And I was going to ride her daughter's uh, lease pony in, you know, in a tune-up ride in this lesson uh-huh. because the daughter was having difficulty. At the very last minute, she comes out riding her daughter's pony. And I was like, no, no, I do not have to ride this mare. Uh-huh. I'm, I literally like for the first time in my life, I felt my blood run cold and I felt like actually afraid to ride. Let me tell you, and riding was something I did to, to get over a bad day, to get over a breakup, to get over. I, I galloped my horses like wide open wild in 20, 30, 40 acre pastures. Mm -hmm. And here I am in in a hunter jumper arena, you know, closed arena. Mm-hmm. And I am covered in flop sweat because they just I have to ride this horse that through my own, you know, uh I don't want to hubris and you know, stupidity. Mm. And I was like, oh, no. So and I'm trying not to be a total punk in front of people. And we get up to the I lead her up to the mounting block and she's fine. And she's still as affectionate as she can be. And I'm adjusting and I'm pulling on everything. And I was like, OK. Swinging my leg over that saddle was absolutely the hardest thing I have ever done absolutely um like almost every cell in my body definitely the cells in my bones were like no get down we're not done healing yet um and I was able to have a nice ride on her I mean of course we did we did walking we did halting and of course there's there's techniques when you're 
I'm, I'm no trainer by any stretch of the imagination. But the coaching I got was, you know, to, to use the body and, and uh -huh. to retrain a horse that has been taught really, really bad thing, really, in a, I don't want to say bad, but ineffective. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, or they, you know, stop is haul on the mouth and stop uh -huh. isn't sit deep. But that was the, that, that was two things. One, I was like, okay, now I get it. Uh -huh. I could intellectualize other people's fear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. I could completely understand the rational fear of after you have been, uh -huh. you know, Hulk smashed into the ground by a horse. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it felt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then getting up and then being like, oh my God, I could have died. Yeah. And am I going to put myself in that situation again? Yeah. And that's when I realized, I was like, you know, if I was somebody else, that might have been it. Uh -huh. They might have walked yeah. away. Oh, yeah. Because this that is, is it for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. They would have. They don't even take the stuff out of their tack box. They just go. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they even leave the horses. Mm -hmm. they, they sign them over and like, sorry, no, bye. Yeah. And that is a real, it, it's, it's a heartbreaking shame. Mm -hmm. That's something that somebody was so joyful about mm -hmm. and so passionate about. And maybe they've had this dreams and maybe they rode horses until they were 14, 15, uh -huh. like me. And they never yeah. did get the chance to mount up again until their kids were, in, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, sufficient. Yeah. You know, they were at least in high school or something. Uh -huh. And then something like that happens and the brush off and the, oh, she fell. Oh my God. You know, and, and all of that happens. Uh -huh. And then they think, They come, they come out of it feeling lesser. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's not okay. That's not okay at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and that led me into uh, equestrian sports specific performance mindset. Um, I mentioned before the dog ate my hand. Um, I was a fitness instructor. I spent twenty three years coaching people um it's very easy to figure out how to use the gym um everybody can pretty much you know and this is if somebody's just basically your your healthy fit to work person uh -huh. you know we're, we're going to exclude people who maybe have um you know illnesses uh -huh. or endocrine disorders but if you're a fairly healthy person you can move more and eat less and you can attain a fitness goal uh -huh. And this is, and I was wondering why do people even need trainers? And then it hit me. I wasn't like they knew they knew how to use the gym by month three. By the third month, at ninety days, they could figure out the gym. Uh -huh. They were comfortable in it. They were achieving their goals, and they could have fired me. They could have you know separated. Yeah, sure. And gone on their own way, but they didn't. And then I realized as a, you know, you talk personally with them and the conversation, um, 
it wasn't that they couldn't use the gym. It was the motivation. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, toxicity they received when they started to change and progress out of what people were comfortable with them being, what other people thought they should be. And when wow. they were progressing out of that and reclaiming their identity uh-huh. and reclaiming a lot of their autonomy, they were getting pushed from everyone. Wow. Um, and, and not uh, I, everyone is too too many people, but it's key people yeah, in their lives. Yeah, sure. mm-hmm. um, and I said, you know what? This happens a lot in, in equestrian sports. This happens a lot in all sports. Mm-hmm. When somebody starts leveling up, when they start um, uh, transcending out of the level that other people are comfortable seeing them at, they they start to get the pushback. Mm-hmm. Um, or they find themselves without the same camaraderie that they had, without the same support they had. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, somebody who is used to riding at a casual schooling show barn, they're like, nah, I want to go big. I want to move up in the world. And they go to the big show barn. That's a whole other, that's a whole other atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that that can eat people up mm-hmm. because yeah. they're wondering, is something wrong with me? Or where is um, the way I used to feel about this? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it reminds me of um, a, a young rider. And I didn't realize I was coaching at the time because I didn't make the connection. I was just trying to help a little kid. Um, she'd had a very bad fall when she was young. She didn't get injured, but that fear got put in her. Yeah. That fear that I, as a grown woman who has survived dog attacks and everything else, yeah. it almost right there on the mountain block almost got me. Yeah. Um, that little kid had that fear. As a little kid, nobody should feel that way as a little kid. She should be still running under horse bellies. <laughs> and she was terrified because she was right out riding in the pasture. Her mom had leased her this old horse that was just out a paddock horse. And maybe he got grain once a day. Maybe he didn't. Um, and he used to be a cutting horse. Mm. A barrel cutting horse. Those are all speed events. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, while he was like malnourished and wormy, he would just poke around, right? So yeah. they were feeding okay. They fed him. They took care right. of him. They babied him. Right. They gained weight. Yeah. You know, the mom would toodle around on him. He got fit. Yeah, yeah. And then they decided one day, you know, to get some you know, pictures for the social media, for the Facebook or whatever. And she, because the flowers were out in the meadow, and they saddled up the horse and the horse saw all of his barn mates or his, his stable mates and took off with the little girl. Uh, and he didn't just lope out there. Oh, no, no, no. He was going to catch that cow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. He was like, get the cow. Yeah. Um, 
and I mean, honestly took off at a full stretched out gallop and that little girl held on for a minute and then she came off at speed hard. Yeah. And how scary and how disorienting. Yeah. Yeah. And so she would have panic attacks while she was riding. Mm. And she had an instructor that was not um, patient with such things. Um. I, I really can't think of one nice word to say about that instructor, um, except that maybe no kids for you. <laughs> maybe you need to be, she needs to be in an older. Yeah. yeah. But it was, um, you know, she got made fun of for being afraid. And it just made it worse. So yeah. the mom was kind of at her wits end. Um, they switched barns. And she was having the same problem. She would get scared. And when you get scared like that, you tense up. Mm-hmm. And if the horse did anything, mm-hmm. sort of, she would tense up and she, mm-hmm. she would just kind of fall off. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I even think she would throw herself off the horse because oh. she didn't want to be on it. Oh. Um, and what is particularly upsetting is this little girl has the it, the it factor. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen somebody sit on a horse Mm -hmm. and they have that perfect dressage posture Mm -hmm. out even trying? It was just how she was made. Just when you told her, stand, you know, sit up, put your chin up Mm -hmm. like a plumb line from the ear to the hip to the heel without even trying. And she was already, you know, a little precociously tall. I was like, that's a dressage rider. Yeah. What you got her doing jumping on ponies for? <laughs> yeah. I do you have any idea how much Pilates I'm doing to, yeah, right. to be like able that? to ride like that? Yeah. <laughs> um, just and, and I'm like, that's the it. I mean, it literally, when you see it, you know it. Yeah. Right. And that's why I was like, this is a real shame because she loves horses. Yeah. She draws pictures of horses. She has a talent. But it was scared out of her. Mm-hmm. It was, and I remember, you know, I would have, uh, the mom would be like, can you talk to her for me? Because she likes talking to you. So I'd be like, okay, stay on the phone. And she would tell me, you know, I'm like, so what happened? Talk me through it. And while I am not um, a, a licensed therapist and I have no diagnostic credential, let me just be clear about this. Mm-hmm. What this little girl was describing to me sounded exactly like PTSD. Mm-hmm. The freezing. Mm-hmm. Um, she would somehow sometimes have nightmares mm-hmm. where she'd fall off and she would think that it was a whole cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of horrified that this is a child feeling this way. So the mom got her her own pony because she moved barns and the same thing was happening with the lesson pony. So the trainer said, get her, get her her own pony. Mm-hmm. The pony was amazing, but the pony also was uh, another a show. It was a show junior am pony that could really, mm-hmm. you know, move. move. Yeah. That little, that little firecracker had a motor when she wanted it. Yeah. I mean, I would have loved her, <laughs> but that's me. I'm not right. the one. Right. So right. 
so she would get like a little fast between the jumps and stuff and the kid would get scared. Uh -huh. Um, and I remember talking with her and talking with the mom. And I said to the daughter, I said, you know, daughter, what is it that you need when you're in a lesson? And she said, I just want everyone calm. I want them to teach me. Mm. And I'm like, do you want to really learn how to ride? And she's like, yeah. And I don't feel like they're telling me anything. Mm. And I said, that is very profound. Mm. For a 10-year-old yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. to recognize, yeah. I want instruction. Uh -huh. They're not telling me how uh -huh. to fix it. I don't want to do it this way. Mm. So I spoke with the mom privately. I said, you know, maybe group lessons at the summer camp barn isn't right, where you need right. to be. Uh -huh. um, maybe take her to a place where she can get a solid private lesson. Uh -huh. And if they're not addressing, you know, if they're staring at their phone and not addressing the issue and she doesn't have their full attention for the 35 or 40 minutes, uh, go tell them. Yeah. Because I know for a fact that when I was a personal trainer, if I was staring at my phone, all of those trainers would have been like, excuse me, ma'am, can you not social media? I'm paying you. Yeah. Um, and I said, get, get them where they're. And that's what she did. They went into um, a show barn. Um, the dad was a little bit like, yikes, about the price point. <laughs> but the level of um, commitment from the trainer was completely yeah, different. Yeah, the quality. Yeah. 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 And again, like I said, every single rider, I don't care about the discipline. I don't even care if they call it dressage. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Basic riding. Basic riding. Basic riding. Yep. And that's what she finally was getting yeah. was the basic riding uh -huh. because that, when I spoke with her again, I said, how do you like it? She goes, I feel better. I feel like I know what to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's a really good point because a lot of, uh, I've worked with several people who have had fear issues and a lot of it is they just don't know what to do. You know, they haven't learned how to ride in a balanced way. They haven't learned how to really communicate with their horse effectively. You know, they've just kind of been thrown on a horse and basically wished the best of luck. And, um, you know, they, they should be afraid because they don't know how to, you know, how to handle things and how to stay safe and, um, you know, so yeah, learning what to do is huge. Yeah. Um, she had a, a minor relapse cause they were leasing her a horse because it was time for her to start showing. Um, and the, the horse did something, I guess the horse hadn't been out in a day or so and the horse did something and she freaked out. And that trainer was like, okay, if she will not uh, and she became to get scared again. And then the mom was like, oh, yeah, well, she's got this fear issue. And the trainer was like, now you tell me because I <laughs> spoke with the mom because she, you know, she came back was like, hey, there's can I ask do you can I ask you some questions? And I'm like, oh, boy, what happened? <laughs> and that's what happened. And um, I said, well, you guys go home and, 
you know, you know, when you get home with her, tell her to do the visualization. I told her because that's what I did. I said, okay, so when you get upset like this, it is perfectly okay for you to halt your pony. Uh-huh. If you're like, if you feel yourself getting the panic attack, halt your pony. Go back to the last tolerated activity, which is exactly what you're supposed to do with the horses anyway. Uh-huh. And do your breathing. Uh-huh. Yep. Do the breathing. Yeah. And I told her to imagine the ride going well. Yeah. yeah. Imagine it going well. Imagine, and then even imagine the horse doing that and you stay on. Uh-huh. And yep. you get him under control. Yeah. And then you continue on with your ride like nothing. Yep. Um, and that's kind of, you know, metaphor for life. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Um, you know, okay, well, you know, the, the horse is going to spook. Um, maybe, you know, you're going to get startled. They're going to get startled. And and there's a chance everything could, you know, end up in the emergency room. And if it does, you move on from there. If it doesn't, you continue the ride. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I was, uh, the other thing I told her, uh, directly is it's very important to be non-reactive. Uh-huh. Um, I think there, there's an internet meme or a joke going around that, um, in, in a horse and rider situation, um, only one of you yeah. can lose your shit. And it's never going to be. It's you. never your turn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I didn't say that to a ten-year-old. Sure. But I kind of truncated it. I said you have to remain calm and present because you're the rider, and that's your job is to make sure your pony's okay. Yeah. So when he spooks, and then I had to undo all of the the times she was told, fix that bad pony. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that is so toxic because yeah. yeah. Can you imagine if if I don't know, something scared you like right, right, right. And you were like, ah! and the person that was like next to you in line punched you in the yeah. shoulder. <laughs> right. Or <laughs> started know? screaming at you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yanking you by your face and yeah. or your head uh-huh. and saying, ah! uh-huh. Yeah. That was nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. Whatever. You don't get to check my fear response. Right. Exactly. That would that would in the history exactly. of never has that ever helped anyone. Yeah, exactly. And I and I had to override. I remember thinking that I'm like, you know, yeah. There's this this is this child is the beginning of what happens to people. Uh, yeah. Um. It was at the point where she probably was going to stop riding. Yeah. And I remember, I remember, you know, telling her, you know, take care of your pony. That's your job. You're the rider. You have to stay calm and you have to make sure they're okay. And it doesn't matter, you know, yeah, they're going to do stuff. They're horses. Mm-hmm. They, you know, that's what they do. They get scared easy. And the last I heard, she was doing quite well and she had a really, they got a really good deal on a really, really nice nice uh warm blood mare for elise awesome. and that made me happy to know that awesome yeah um there was a good 
good outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's when I realized I said, you know, this is this is almost a necessary thing. Mm-hmm. Because how many trainers did this child go to? Right. Right. One, two, yeah. three, yeah. four. There's, there's so many trainers that don't know how to how how to handle fear issues and how to help people work through it and um, yeah, it's it's a challenge. Yeah, definitely. So uh, tell us a little bit then about what you're offering now and um, your your mindset stuff that you're doing and um, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, equestrian mindset training is it's not just basically only for people with fear issues. Sure. Although that's a lot of people. It's sure. people with frustration yeah. issues. Sure. Okay. Um, because people find themselves, let's say you, you are in a, a barn and you are, you know, you're trying to get your silver, your gold or whatever. And that type of, um, and this is just me being a barn fairy that shows up in my dirty jeans and my over, my husband's oversized flannel and my potato horse, <laughs> right? And and people have conversations around me because I'm practically, I'm practically, you know, one of the stable hand guys. It's like, they don't even understand I speak English. They don't, they don't like I'm furniture yeah, yeah, to them. Right. And, and I'm honestly, I'm completely fine with that because yeah. I just wanted to, you know, I just want to hang out with my pony. Right. Um, um, you know, I had a busted up hand and a potato. Um, so and I would hear the stories about the the frustration from the show, and I would hear them kind of, you know, kvetching about the trainer, um, bailing on them, um, you know, le- like they were supposed to get coached before the round, and the trainer was over with another client or over, you know, talking to somebody they knew, and you know, doing business, mm. or they. There's just um, just interpersonal stuff that's interfering with their ability to focus on what their goal is. Sure. And that's not something you can't bring that up to your trainer. You can't go talk to them like, you know, you know, your client with the paint horse. Well, she's she's a real, you know, piece of work. And she says all these mean things to me about my britches and she says these mean things about my horse and yeah maybe she does yeah yeah you can't do that your and your trainer is honestly their their job is to train you how to ride dressage or ride whatever mm-hmm. not to not to be preschool right, not right. To, uh, yeah not to, not to be a moderator right so right. your mindset coach is a safe person okay mm-hmm to talk about mm-hmm. um, these are the things that are, um, if you think about it, it's like thumbtacks. Let's say you have a thumb, uh, a whiteboard mm-hmm. and each one of these annoyances are a thumbtack. Mm-hmm. If it happens enough times, you got to throw that whiteboard out. It's not going to work. Sure. It's going to be just all poked with holes mm-hmm. and it's, it's not going to be effective. And that's what I think happens with just, it's like getting pecked to death by a duck. Um, 
Yeah. It, it affects your focus. Yeah. And again, it takes anything that stresses you takes your energy. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that disrupts your focus, you know, kind of kind of pulls you off from your goal. It, it pulls you off course. Because you're driving to the barn and you're wondering, is the paint horse lady going to be there? Mm-hmm. Right. You're not, you know, you're already driving to work and you maybe you've got music on or whatever. And you're trying to leave whatever happened at your job or at the kid's school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever thing you're trying to be like, okay, I'm going to see my horse. I'm going to have a ride. I've got this event. Or even not. Even if you don't have an event. Um you have your own writing goals mm-hmm. and it should not be distracted by, you know, whether the toxic person is at the barn. Right. Um, right. And, and it really does help to be able to get validation for something that a lot of people um, are dismissive about. Mm. Have you, I mean, um, I, I saw it a lot with the, the young riders. They bully a couple of the little oh, girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've seen adults do it to each oh, other, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Adults are just as bad. And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, that's going to happen. And you can't control other people. You can only control your own mindset. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things is the validation uh-huh. really helps because you maybe you tell your spouse about it and your spouse is like oh just tell her to go fly a kite yeah it's like not that simple right um there's politics involved uh-huh. um maybe the person giving you know maybe maybe that person has got a much deeper pockets than you and if there's going to be somebody pushed out of the program it's not going to be her um and it's discussing with somebody who understands the sport because you know a regular coach or regular therapist isn't going to understand right yeah um the commitment the community um it could also be um trying to work out how how you want to like don't show and you just want to have a pet horse sure mm-hmm. um and you just want to ride and and have fun with your horse mm-hmm. and you're kind of thinking well maybe i don't know should i have a horse if i'm not showing mm-hmm. and you have a lot of people that will tell you oh well why do you even have a horse you don't show what do you yeah. do yeah um you have a horse and you don't even ride yeah. i heard that one a lot <laughs> yeah it's like you didn't even ride. Can you even ride? Like, yes, I can ride. I just happen to have, you know, the hand that's in about fifty-two pieces right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does that matter? Okay, I guess we don't do the same kind of riding if you can only if you don't need a hand to do it. Um, and it, it's that type of um, thing is again I call it judgment and the bullying and yeah yeah yeah, for anyone who doesn't do things the way you do yeah so prevalent in the horse world and uh the other thing is 
establishing clear and consistent boundaries with people. Because I don't know about you, but I've had people say stuff to me that I was just so shocked. I didn't even know how to respond. Yeah. 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 I had a woman say to me, I had my hand, I mean, my hand was like wrapped up to here, right? That you could see the pins through the, yeah. And she was just like, well, I don't understand why that dog just didn't finish the job and tear your face off. (laughs) How did you get the dog to stop? Wow. It's like. Yeah. How do you even respond to that? Wow. I mean, I was just like. My like, I'm just so glad that my like, I hadn't, I couldn't even breathe because whatever was going to come out of my mouth would probably still be talked about today. Um, but I literally was like, "What is wrong with this person that they would even say? Why didn't the dog eat your face?" Like, wow. So, and, and yes, that was at a horse barn. Yeah. Um, why don't you put your horse down? He's lame. I, that's that's boundaries. These people have no boundaries yeah. and they will run right over you. Oh, yeah. And the more yeah. um, healthy and adjusted and respectful of others you are, mm-hmm. some of these people take that as a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They, they see yeah. that and they're like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to just... She's going to be my project for destruction this month. Yeah, they want to try and get a reaction out of you. Yeah, yeah, or or they're just um, and it seems like the horse world attracts a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but then again, I was at a soccer game with a bunch of little kids a few weeks ago, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> they were there too. <laughs> <laughs> not just us. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> It's it's just that the people here are doing that with their horses and not their right. children. <laughs> um, so a lot of it is having a, a safe person. Again, to keep, you know, this is to, to keep the boundaries up, uh-huh. to um, validate that, yeah, who says something like that? That is none of their business. Um, yeah, you called her a name and yeah, you were not wrong. Um, you were not wrong to stick up for yourself Uh because that's what people who get bullied and pushed around get is when they push back. It's, well, you're just a bully. You're that's reverse Uh bullying. No, it isn't. That's self-defense. Right. Right. Uh (laughs) And Anybody who says that you're not allowed to stand up for yourself is a terrible person. Uh-huh. So if anybody, you know, whoever's yeah. listening, if you're sticking up for yourself or someone else and you get told you're a terrible person, you are not. You're a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what mindset coaching is. Mm-hmm. It's to keep your mind focused no mm-hmm. matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And to have the tools and the language to um, ethically and eloquently defend yourself against anybody who's who's behaving poorly towards you. Um, so you can communicate effectively 
um, with your trainer, um, without burden, I don't want to say burdening because that's not quite the word, but, um, you know, trainers have a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you just want to, it's like, okay, so this is how you keep when they're like, Hey, you know, I noticed you're riding, you know, you're haven't been at the barn or whatever, if it comes up or, uh, you feel your performance is suffering because you can't focus. And it's definitely not something that you want to discuss with your trainer because it's just not a trainer thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's so many of them, Mm -hmm. you know, because a trainer's there to train you to be the best rider you can. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that was definitely something that I realized was missing. Yeah. And particularly... Uh, that uh, outside perspective too, I think it sounds like it would definitely be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to have um, a third party that Uh doesn't have any connection. Yeah. Yeah. Right. To, you know, I don't go to that barn. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm in, it's like, I'm, I'm the Canada girlfriend. I'm, I go to a different school. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so and 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 it really I really enjoy doing it. I really it's it's really beneficial to see the yeah somebody's yeah. listening yeah um or to be able to oh. encourage somebody past the point when they would have given up yeah um. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh what you offer and that kind of thing. Like, do you do you uh meet with people virtually, or do you have uh, programs, or how does that how does that work? Um, I meet with people virtually. Okay. Um, I can meet in person if they're local. Um, mm-hmm. but I am available for phone, Zoom, FaceTime. Yeah. Awesome. Um, it's typically one hour. Sometimes we go over and that's, that's fine. It happens. Um, and I do have uh, a program, but it's not, um, you know, you know, 49.95 and, you know, Mm -hmm. buy my program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's customized to the person. Sure. Okay. And what they're going through. Um, or what they need help with. Yeah, sure. Because I'm sure um, with something like that, it's going to be very unique to the situation. Um, oh, ab- absolutely. Because somebody whose heart horse has just gone dead lame yeah, is right. going to have a whole different set of um, things they they need to unburden themselves with. They need to unburden. And things that they need to... Um, you know, maybe discuss with somebody who's yeah. been there. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I've had to put two horses down, and it's uh, arguably one of the uh, worst things. Um, and you know, 
and to tell people that, that are facing that issue or facing retirement issues that, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. I've, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody who is trying to level up and go into, yeah. you know, three day eventing. Right. Maybe their husband is like, are you crazy? <laughs> Yeah, they 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 finally they Googled it or they saw it on television. She's like, yeah, that's what I'm going to go do. Yeah, and he's like, excuse me, you're going to do what now? Um, or they they just have the spouse that is just like, okay, are you sure this stuff costs a lot of money? Yeah, sure. And that I can't change the dynamic in the marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I can change or help influence is the perspective mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. that, okay, is, do you really need your spouse to be there? Yeah. You re- yeah. yeah. Sure. Or is this going to be your thing? Mm, right. Sure. Is, you know, is this, cause marriages are a combination of yours, mine and ours. Mm-hmm. Yep. And is this going to be, so mm-hmm. I offer coaching sessions. I start at $55 an hour. Um, I'm in the process of setting up websites okay. to, um, you know, for scheduling mm-hmm. um, and initial consultations are free. Okay. Um, and it's going to be, and it's called True North uh, Counseling. Okay. Awesome. Are you on social media or anything? Or what's a good way for people to connect with you if they're interested in learning more? I am literally in the process of setting all that okay. up. Okay. So probably awesome. in about two to three weeks. Okay. I will have it all up and running okay. because it is a, getting your social set yeah. up. Yeah. Your social platform set up with your business is <laughs> It's a process, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. I'm waiting for the uh, LLC people to okay, send sure. me my stuff back. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know if I yeah. if it's sure. So that'll be then uh, True North Coaching is what yeah. you said. Yeah. Okay. So True North are, are interested. They can search for you in the next few weeks um, on on Facebook or um, sounds like you'll have a website up soon too. Um, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Just, uh, well, waiting. thank you so much for uh, joining me here and chatting about all your experiences. Um, you've thank certainly you. had uh, an interesting and exciting, uh, some exciting experiences and uh, pretty inspiring too. So thank you. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm so grateful you invited me and um, I'm, I'm happy to share yeah. um, if, if it can inspire anybody. Yeah. Um, Yep. That's why we're here. That's why I started the podcast was to hopefully help, help other people um, sharing stories and inspiring and teaching and all of those kinds of things. So, yeah. So I do have a few more questions for you and these are going to be just kind of quick. Just give me the first thing that comes to the top of your head quick. They're just kind of fun, get to know you kind of type of questions. All right. So, um, let's see. Okay. What is one thing you've learned recently? And it can be about horses or about life or anything. I learned 
that it is very important to set your oven timer when you are making brownies. <laughs> that is a good lesson. Very <laughs> important. one you want to forget. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a pan soaking for three days to get these brownies oh, no. out of it. Oh, no. So use your oven timer. <laughs> use your timer. Good advice. <laughs> All right. Share a favorite horse memory. Oh, you probably favorite. have a lot, but just pick one. <laughs> oh, gosh. Ah, oh, it was Billy. Billy's the one I go back to. Um, uh, it was probably uh, about 10 years ago. And uh, he was this gorgeous little half Arab I had. Um, and I had just had the worst, worst several weeks in my life at the time I had no idea what was coming um and I remember like going to get him in the in the, in the pasture and I was looking for him and all of a sudden I feel this on my neck and he was in another part and he'd snuck up on me he'd come for me and I remember tacking him up and um, I took him out into the back paddock and I was really at a, a very frustrated, low, depressed point in my life. And I went riding no helmets. I was like, I die, I die. You know, we've all yeah. had that kind of cavalier attitude sometimes, like whatever, doesn't matter anyway. Um, and it was probably about a 12, 15 acre strip and um he he could totally sense what was going on with me mm. and um we started out at a nice little hand gallop and we were looping around and as we're coming from the very very back end um he just started to just get gradually faster and faster till I was literally he was literally like full on running and I had to tuck my chin down because I had tears I couldn't even see because that's how fast we were going and I felt that um that that connection people talk about with their horse yeah. was the first time I'd really really felt it like I could feel it felt like I could feel the ground yeah. through his feet wow. and I'm starting to get like a little choked up yeah, when I'm yeah. talking about it yeah. and and the way that the wind was you know yeah and it was different than just getting wind on you uh -huh. yeah. or being on a motorcycle. It was very different. Uh -huh. And um, we were coming up and there was kind of a, a, a creek, a drainage creek that ran through the pasture. And I thought he was going to take the bridge and he didn't. And we jumped the creek and that was a big creek and it was a big jump and we landed it. And it was like, woohoo. Yeah. And I, I've, you know, it felt amazing. And we just wow. galloped that pasture yeah. and I came in and I had mascara all the way down my face and I didn't even care. Yeah. And then, um, I was, you know, untacking him and so just a complete 180, but yeah. that was when in, in my mood and it was almost like everything that I was depressed about everything that I thought was burdening me down and you know with these insurmountable problems I suddenly felt like this is what am I so upset about yeah. I mean 
this the world is such a beautiful place how could yeah. i be upset about these these petty concerns yeah. that you know like i said the ride goes on yeah no matter what yeah. and i came across uh later that night scrolling through facebook um that proverb that the wind of heaven blows through a horse's mm -hmm. ears mm -hmm. and i was like that's what that was mm -hmm. wow that's awesome. And um, from all of our rides, from that ride forward, we had that connection. Like I could just think I wanted to stop. Yeah. Like I want to stop here, yeah. you know, at E. Yeah. And I wouldn't do, I would think I wouldn't do anything and he would just stop. Yeah, yeah. All perfectly yeah. there. And in the same thing, we had that connection right up until yeah. the end. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. All right. Uh, what is a book that you're reading or have read recently? Or if you don't do books, a podcast or video um, lesson or something like that. Audiobook, whatever it is you. I just read, I'm currently reading um, The One Thing by Gary Keller. He's the guy okay. that started Keller Williams. And uh, it's a technical book, kind okay. of little it's a businessy self-helpy okay. um it's and it's focused on what is the one thing you need to do to accomplish your goal okay all right it's really it's hard to really describe uh -huh. beyond the title because it's kind of when you start reading it it's self-explanatory yeah um but it's it's very instructional to not overcomplicate. Right, sure. Yeah. And don't yeah. you, you know maybe get into the core of what what you want and that kind of Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Pare down and say what is the yeah. one thing I need to do? Like for me, okay. what is the one thing I need to do to accomplish my writing goals? Uh -huh. currently I need to become a fit writer. Mm -hmm. I I need to get my fitness up. So that is my one thing. Sure. Yeah. It's not like one single thing. It's one group of actions. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, I also read a really uh, cool uh, fictional, like those fictional bios, yeah. um, historical fiction bios of Catherine de' Medici okay. called The Serpent Queen. If you like scandalous. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Okay, this is my favorite question. If you could share a message with the world, what would it be? <laughs> with the world. Yes. And again, it could be horse related or it doesn't have to be. Um. Hmm. Oh God, I'm gonna be so cliche. <laughs> That's okay. Gosh, how disappointing. I'm disappointed in myself. I'm cliche. That's okay. Um, it's the, uh, but what if you fly? Ah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. um, and, and basically any quote by, uh, uh, I think his name is Charles Maxey, Mac Mackley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but my favorite quote is the what if you fly. Yeah. 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 Love it. 
Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you again for chatting with me tonight. It was awesome hearing your stories. And again, hopefully that'll inspire people and encourage people. And um, yeah, thank you. It was absolutely the pleasure was all mine. And thank you so much for hosting me and inviting me. Thank you for joining me today. I'd love it if you'd share your thoughts on this podcast in the comments. I always enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a review and sharing with your friends. Thanks again for joining me on Lessons from a Horse, and I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.